I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another episode of Steelers Stat Geek. I'm really sorry that we got started here a little bit later tonight. I was trying to uh, change some things up with my internet and share up my signal a little bit, which means hopefully we should be good to go. Um, just had some interference going on and wanted to take care of that. And uh, hopefully we are good with good quality audio and video. And if not, please let me know in the live chat. But this is Dave Schofield. I'm the deputy editor of Behind the Seal Curtain. And here we go, talking about... Some of the numbers with the Steelers game from this past week, uh, we'll talk on that a little bit. Let's let's move on to the next week, and we'll talk about some key numbers for what's coming up. Um, first and foremost, I will I do want to acknowledge the people in the live chat. Just so you know, we are live on YouTube at the time. If you're listening to this later on and on audio form or catching the video live on or on YouTube, not live at some other time. Uh, that's some of the stuff that we'll refer, be referring to is the live chat going on right now. For those of you that would like to know how you could get involved with being in the live chat, the the best way to do that is to go to BTSC Steelers Radio on YouTube, hit subscribe, and make sure that you have your notifications turned on. Uh, I wasn't getting notifications there for a couple of the episodes, but I did get one tonight. And here we go. But one thing that was brought up in the live chat already. Um, I'm not going to spend the whole night just staring at the live chat, but there was a report that did come out within the last hour of um, a sexual assault accusation against Mr. Third and Fifth. Actually, I'll say the name Antonio Brown because it's it's a news thing. 
I'm not going near that one. He is not part of what happened with the Steelers this past weekend. He is not part of what's going on with the Steelers coming up this weekend. Um, if you didn't know about that, you could go uh, search that on your own. There's news outlets out there that have been reporting it. So um, there you go. If that's uh, if you want that kind of information, you can uh, you you can go search for that. But I want to talk about oh, I want to talk about the numbers from this past week, which just once again gets me frustrated and sad and a whole range of emotions. But uh, let's talk about it. I'm going to focus on one thing from this past week. The number that I'm going to talk about more than anything is uh, sounds like I'm going to be doing a basketball number, and that is and one. And for those of you that, that uh, know what's going on, it's the, the it's the large number of either third and one and fourth and one situations that the Steelers found themselves in where they did not convert. In fact, in the second quarter, with the exception of the very last drive of the quarter, which was with under 30 seconds to go and they ran one run play. Uh, if you don't, if you throw that one out, since it was only one play that, that, that was run every drive in the second quarter, stalled because the Steelers did not convert an and one play. They did not convert two third and one plays and they did not convert a fourth and one play. Now, a lot of people were curious about why the Steelers didn't do certain things. Um, some news came out today about that, which we'll t touch on in just a second, but just to go over the, I'm going to focus on those specific plays in the second quarter. I know there was even more and one plays that happened throughout the game. But if you look at just the second quarter alone, the one, the first drive in the quarter that stalled was on a third and one. Uh, they handed the ball off to James Conner. Uh, Matt Fowler made a good block, but the defender fought off really well. Um, that to where he, he fought off. I was able to hit Connor. Connor did get a, a short gain, but came up about three inches short. The Steelers were deep in their own area and in, in their own side of the field. They had no choice but to go ahead and punt the ball away there. The next drive, when the Steelers were faced with a third and one, they ended up, let's see, uh, that was that was with uh, the first one that happened with uh, 1040 remaining in the second quarter. The next one was with 7.46 remaining in the second quarter. Uh, they were on their own 44-yard line, so they were a little bit further downfield. Um, that's when they may, if it would have been the same situation, they might have gone for it on fourth down if it was a if it was a fourth and in inches like the previous drive. But that did not happen because they went to run a toss sweep where the Patriots were more than ready for it, and it was a loss of four yards on the play. So then it comes to the next Steelers drive where they were just across midfield. They were on the, on the New England 47. I think it was the only play in the first half that the Steelers ran in New England territory. It was a fourth down and one. The Steelers go to take the field. They come out with Zach Banner as an extra tight end. They come out with Roosevelt Nix, who we'll mention here in a few minutes, um, at fullback. It was at the two-minute warning. They come out for the play, and Ben Roethlisberger calls timeout, and then they head. Everyone heads to the sidelines, and they come out, 
and they have five receivers spread wide. I don't know if they were all wide receivers or if it was running backs. I didn't break that down that far because I just didn't want to just didn't want to have to watch it again. And that was the play where uh, Dante Moncrief was open and let the ball get into his body rather than catch with his hands. And then the defender was able to knock it away. Um, Might've just been a drop anyway. And um, to be completely honest with you. So that was the breakdown of what happened in those three drives. Now, let's say the Steelers managed to not end those drives, but they don't even get it into the touchdown zone. There you go, Brian Anthony Davis. And they do get down close enough, and they get three field goals from those three drives. Then the Steelers are down 20 to 9, coming out of the half. And when they get down close to score, when they ended up on on fourth and short, going for the field goal rather than going for the touchdown to the first drive of the third quarter, they might be more apt to go for a touchdown if they already had those points on the board. I know a lot of people were upset that the Steelers did not go for it on that, on that uh, fourth and goal when they kicked the 19 yard field goal. As a former coach coming out of the second, in the second half down 20 to nothing and understanding momentum. I understand why you kicked the field goal there. Um, Three points, it's kind of living in your fears. Um, But at that point, you hadn't given yourself much to not be afraid of the whole game. And getting seven would have really given a boost to your team. Getting three gives you still a boost, but not nearly as much. Getting zero is soul-crushing. That is why... When in doubt, you could take the three points in that situation. If they'd have gone for it, I wouldn't have said they were crazy. But I also don't think it was crazy for kicking the field goal in that situation. If the Steelers would have had any points on the board at that time, then I think it would make more sense to go for it in that situation. So I am not going to roast the coaching staff for not going for the touchdown there. But let's get back to Rosie Nix because I mentioned him a couple times. It came out today in Coach Tomlin's press conference. Um, I wrote an article about it on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com that uh, you can go check that out if you haven't already. About Rosie Nix actually got hurt during the game and is expected to miss. Coach Tomlin said there's a good chance he misses this week and multiple weeks. So Coach Tomlin was then asked later on if that had if that led to the not running the ball in a power running situation on those other plays on those and one plays. They had Nick on the field, ready to do it on the last one of those in the second quarter. So the injury must've occurred after that. So that really is an excuse for anything dealing with the first half. So that's, what's going on with Roosevelt Nick. So I think the biggest thing to take away from the, from the game on, on Sunday was those and one situation. Okay, Um, I'm going to open it up in the live chat now to see if anybody has any numbers that they would like to talk about from this past week. Um, I haven't really been following the live chat up until this point because I know there's a lot of people in there talking about various different things. But now I'm going to keep my eye on it as, as, as we look here. So. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. That The reason I think those and one plays were so big was because as a former coach, I would always tell my players, a football game even a blowout football football game could come down to five or six key plays that go one way or the other. Sometimes it's only one or two that you can trace it back to those. You can think back to last year for the Steelers and how many of those games came down to one or two plays that went the right way or went the wrong way. Um, so that's the, that's the way it goes. And the thing that I was always tell my players is you never know what plays those will be. So always assume it was the next one. You had to play every play like it was going to be the key play of the game. And that's the only way you were going to succeed. But with that in mind, there's only a, cute, a few key plays there. If you're talking about the Steelers being able to put, you know, seven, nine, 14, whatever points on the board to match the Patriots 20 that they had in the first half and then get the ball coming out of halftime, it's a completely different game. All those plays did not go your way, so therefore you're in a blowout game. That's the difference in the NFL between a blowout and not a blowout. Um, um, Logan De, um, De, De Lorenzo has a number from this past week. One, the first touchdown of the year. Yes, we don't have that yet. Okay. Uh, Cree wants to know the number of drop passes. I don't know the exact number of drop passes. I'm pretty sure that what awesome stuff has up here, he had number 11. I'm pretty sure number 11 had at least three drop passes. Uh, number 11 is, is um, Dante Moncrief. I want to give you some numbers with him if you didn't catch my analyzing um, the loss by the numbers that came out Monday morning. He had three catches for seven yards on 10 targets. He was targeted more than any other receiver on the Steelers. Ben was constantly looking his way. 10 targets, three catches, seven yards. That is 0.7 yards per target. That means if the Steelers got the ball on their own 25 and was going to target Dante Moncrief, every play, and he kept that average, it would take 108 plays to get to the end zone or the touchdown zone, depending on what you want to call it. So that's what's going on there. That is a problem. Too many targets, not enough catches, definitely not enough yards. Okay. Uh, I know some people had mentioned um, the whole notion of, of snaps. See? Logan talked about that. There's the 10 targets. Okay. Um, someone did say that it wasn't three. I know it was at least three. They said number four, Moncrief's most drops in a season prior to this year. Um, that he had four for the season. And then this year, I, I had, he had at least three. Um, uh, Darren Dalton wanted to throw this out there about the zero for the amount of common sense B.J. Henney out of that. That is not all on B.J. Finney on that play, guys. Um, when the center doesn't snap the ball, he turned around and said to Ben, he's like, he held up two fingers saying, didn't you say on two? So that was just a miscommunication on the first play of a new center coming in for an injury. I'm pretty sure it was the first play, um, but that's that's what happened there. 
So that's some of the numbers that that, ha- that came about from this past week's game. It was um, it, it it was disappointing. It was disheartening. Um, a lot of the things that I talked about from last week that I wanted to see. Wow, I wanted six sacks. I wanted the pressures up the middle. I had talked about on the Steelers burning question about who needed to step up the most. Was Steph- I said Stefan to it because I needed multiple people getting pressure up the middle. They couldn't get to Brady. They couldn't get to Brady. It was, it was almost to the end of the third quarter by the time the Steelers got their lone sack. They didn't get much pressure on him. Um, it seems like the Steelers came out content to just try to do everything that they did last December because it worked then. The only problem with that is guess what the Patriots were going to do all off season, knowing that they played the Steelers the first game of the year, at least they did as of the middle of April. What are they going to do then? They're going to actually figure out a way to fix those exact same things. I wouldn't say it was because I look at going into the season, playing a team that you played one of your last four games of the season last year. Obviously the Patriots had to be thinking about things because it was the last time they had lost a game, you know, excluding the preseason that they were working on, they obviously were going to adjust. People talk about in-game in, in-game adjustments. How about game-to-game adjustments? And part of your adjustments, and this is sometimes that is frustrating, part of your adjustments is adjusting to how the other team adjusts. Wow. I'm going to say that again, just to make sure that we say that part of your adjustments need to be adjusting to how the other team will adjust. Obviously the Patriots are going to look to take away some of the things that the Steelers did successfully last time. TJ Watt was double teamed almost the entire night. They had, they were keeping people in there to chip with him. He had two guys blocking him all the time. They weren't going to let TJ Watt beat them. The other guys needed to step up. I also feel like they tried to use formations a lot in order to keep Javon Hargrave not in as a nose tackle because when he was at a nose tackle, um, he did all right. There we go. Darren Dalton said it right. Counter adjustments. I like saying it the weird way so people don't understand what you're saying. But yes, your counter adjustments, not just your adjustments, but your counter adjustments. So um, something I would really like to see I would like to see Javon Hargrave in a defensive tackle, which means when the Steelers are in sub package, not a nose tackle, when they only have two defensive linemen in, have him in a defensive tackle with Cam Hayward as the other defensive tackle. I haven't gone back to watch the game that much in depth because I frankly um, need to keep a bucket next to me when I watch it because I feel like I'm going to throw up. I don't really want to break it down. I was going to go break down. Um, those plays on those third and plays, but we actually had someone else on the website that went in and, and did that. And that should be coming out sometime, uh, sometime soon here on behind the steel curtain. So that's that, that um, I'd really like to see Javon Hargrave and Cam Hayward out there as the two defensive tackles. Cause I think that that could be a good combination, nothing against Stefan to it, but I'm just saying, if you're going to rotate, in in the sub package, you don't always have to have Hargrave with Allo Allo. You could um, do some other things. But bottom line is the Steelers didn't win their individual matchups. 
guys did not win their individual matchups. When guys are certain people are being double teamed, other guys are being single teamed. And you have, if you want to win a game, you have to win those matchups. All right, before we move on to this week, just a couple quick things of news and notes to, to add. Um, the Steelers did make two roster moves today. Um, well, maybe I should say the roster move they made yesterday when they traded Joshua Dobbs to the um, Jacksonville Jaguars for a fifth round pick next year. Uh, that's a great deal for the Steelers. Good opportunity for Dobbs because with uh, Nick Foles going down, um, they needed another quarterback. And the fact the Steelers got a fifth for him, I think that's fantastic. I think that's great. I'd have taken, I'd have taken a seventh, but they they took the fifth for him. Now, as um, some other places had been reporting um, about the Steelers roster moves yesterday. And the problem is so many people got confused to think that the Steelers actually made the roster moves. I even know last night on the hangover, there were some issues with this. The Steelers did not make the corresponding roster moves yesterday. A lot of people were told that, oh, Hodges, I mean, there were. I saw media outlets report that Hodges was on the 53-man roster. Didn't happen. The Steelers didn't report it. That I was very adamant about not wanting to report it until it was official. So... The Steelers did not add Devlin Hodges to the 53-man roster. They added Devlin Hodges to the practice squad. So for the first time, I think since the year 2000, maybe? No, 2000, because I'm pretty sure it was T. Martin, was the third quarterback, but was kept on the practice squad uh, rather than on the active roster. So it hasn't happened under Mike Tomlin, and it barely happened under Kevin Colbert. But the Steelers are going with two on the roster, one on the practice squad. Part of the reason they might have done that, part of the reason that they might have done that was the player that they did sign to the active roster, which was uh, J. Roan Elliott. I think I'm saying it right, J. Roan. Um, we'll just say J, because that's, I think, what they call him for short. J. Elliott, who, as you recall, signed with the Steelers two days before their week three matchup against Tennessee, played sparingly there, had a tackle. You know, a lot of the, the, the first team guys are playing with that. But... When it came to the fourth preseason game, he is the player that had the strip sack and 88-yard fumble return for a touchdown. He was not eligible for the practice squad because of his years of service in the NFL. So that's part of the reason why he wasn't in the league last year. He also led the AAF in sacks, I'm pretty sure. Um, uh, Actually, I'm very sure. I I know that he did. during their time. So the uh, probably the reason the Steelers are only doing two quarterbacks on the roster, so that's a number, two, two quarterbacks on the roster, is because the player they were going to bring back wasn't eligible for the practice squad. But the other player was. So that's why Devlin Hodges is on the is on the squad and and Jay Elliott is on the on the roster. And I know that there was another player out there that re- was released this past weekend that the Steeler fans are up in arms um, about losing to the Giants. I know. I don't even want to say. But, yes, unfortunately, Tuzar Skipper was claimed off of waivers, and that was the problem. Um, I already had an article ready to go that was saying that Skipper and Hodges were joining the team, you know, one of the practice squad, one on the active roster. Just for when the news broke, I started to get an idea of that out there so I could be quick with it. And, of course, it never came to fruition. But let's move forward. Let's move on to the Seattle game because (sighs) there's some interesting numbers here. 
And unfortunately, as Lance Williams says, historical stats don't matter. That's what we were trying to say about going up against the Patriots, that the historical stats of how the Steelers do in Foxborough, how Tom Brady does play well in week one, not in the first four weeks of the season, but in week one they do because they have so much time of preparation. Everyone knows if you give the give the not everyone knows, but most people know that if you give the Patriots extra time to prepare, that they're going to come out with something extra prepared. So that was part of what's going on. And that's why um, that's why the Patriots, although they've like I said, there's been times where they've struggled early in the season. It usually hasn't been week one. It's been uh, the next few weeks. So the, we try to say those historical stats didn't matter, and it seemed like they mattered more than anything. So let's talk about some good historical stats. Let's talk about the Steelers returning to Heinz Field for their opener. Now, I looked back all the way through the Mike Tomlin era, and there isn't a year since Mike Tomlin became coach, and I didn't even go back beyond that because I'm sure I could have gone further back to figure it out, and I might have to do that for um, – for uh, the Steelers preview this week is that the Steelers have always had an equation of their first two games are one at home, one away. That's, that's not always the case, but that's kind of how it's worked out for them. They've had a home game and an away game, whether it's they open at home and then go on the road or they open on the road and then come home for the last, I think five years now, they've got the longest streak in the NFL. The Steelers have opened on the road and then come back home in week two. So of those of those situations under Tomlin, when the Steelers have gone on the road first and they have come home week two, the Steelers are six and one in week two at home. Their only loss was last year against the Kansas City Chiefs when they lost 42 to 37. So they had a six-game win streak in those situations until last year, but that was a formidable opponent. Uh, Steelers did not play well. They did fight back, but they were um, kind of playing from, from behind uh, the whole time. Now, in those games, not only did the Steelers come home and, and won six of those seven, in those six wins, the closest margin of victory was eight. Every other game was a double-digit margin of victory. So that that's one of those things that 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 we've got to look at there. Sorry, as I am shifting around my my little notes that I have here, is is that um, if you average those that margin of victory, it's it's they've won those games, those six games that they've won when they've come home for week two, by an average of nineteen points. If you even include the game that they lost against Kansas City and take the minus five into that into consideration, they still have an average of 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 margin of victory of fifteen point six points in week two playing at home. They have scored on average twenty nine point six points in those games. So when the Steelers come home for week two, with the exception of last year under Mike Tomlin, it's been pretty successful. Now, let's look about what happens when they come home in week two after losing on the road in week one. That's happened since Mike Tomlin's been the coach three times. And in those three games, the Steelers are 3-0. and and the, margin, and, those, and the closest game out of those 
was a 17-point win over the Jets in 2012. Let's see. In 2015, when they after losing the, the opener to New England, they came home in week two and, and beat the San Francisco 49ers, a game that I was at, 43-18. to 18. That's, the, that's the game where um, Ryan Chazier went crazy and had like 15 tackles, got injured late, and then missed the next several weeks. In 2012, they lost their opening week game in Denver and then came home and beat the Jets 27-10. to 10. And then in 2011, when they went to Baltimore week one, came Hayward, mentioned this because this was his rookie year. They went to Baltimore and lost 35 to seven. They lost 35 to seven. They came home and in week two played the Seattle Seahawks and they beat them 24 to nothing. So in those three games, the Steelers averaged 31 points, just over 31 points. And they averaged giving up just over nine points. So when the Steelers have lost in week one and then had to come home for week two, they've been, they've bounced back pretty well with those. So that's some good bounce back statistics um, to have there. Another thing of note, I still haven't got to my number for the week. Another thing of note is how the Steelers have done against the NFC West at home under Mike Tomlin. And the answer is, they are 6-0. They have not lost at home to the NFC West under Mike Tomlin. Now, granted, they only play them every four years, and therefore they only play the same, the, a certain team every eight years. But they are 6-0. and um, The closest game out of all those was in 2015, um, which was the um, 25-13 win over the Arizona Cardinals, a game that was started by Michael Vick and finished when I come behind, a come from behind and then decent victory by Landry Jones. So that was the closest game against the NFC West um, under Mike Tomlin at home. Out of those six games, the Steelers have had three shutouts. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So I think I'm back. I don't know if you all could hear me during that little reset. Um, I have full signal. We had I was actually guesting on um, a, a Seahawks podcast earlier tonight, and he was having the same problem with StreamYard. So uh, I don't think that's that's me. I think that might be our provider. So hopefully we, that's the last time that will happen, and hopefully I'm not breaking up too much uh, for you guys this evening. But the number I was going to talk to is – Zero. I don't think they can replicate it, but the Seattle Seahawks have scored zero points at Heinz Field in their two games that they have played in Pittsburgh since Heinz Field opened in 2001. The Seattle Seahawks 
have been shut out both times. It was 24 to nothing in 2011 and 21 to nothing in 2007. Now that's pre Russell Wilson. And I would even say that's, I would consider that pre Legion of boom. It might've been right when that was getting, getting going, but that was, that's what's going on with, with the Steelers historically going up against the Seattle Seahawks in Pittsburgh. Now, but I want to move on to, to try to catch back up in the live chat, but I wanted to bring up a super chat that, that came up earlier. Um, for those of you that do not know, the super chat feature is where you can type in your comment. Then you can click on the little dollar sign there and you can donate any amount of money you would like to, to the show. As, as I cut out again, but we will funnel that back into the show, um, into the website for things like me being able to ship the David DeCastro football on to whoever uh, wins that. But here's here's a super chat question that we had. It was from Raymond Santiago through a dollar ninety nine into the tip jar, and kind of sarcastically asked, "What would it take for Moncrief to be cut, demoted?" Um, my answer to that is more than one week of a terrible performance that wouldn't happen that quickly. <laughs> Although I will tell you that if the Steelers do cut Dante Moncrief before, I think it's sometime in the beginning of November, that he would then no longer count towards the compensatory formula and they could possibly be in line to get another compensatory pick. Although it would probably be like a seventh rounder and it might not even make it to where they would get it. So it's not really worth it. So I am going to once again, call out for for numbers for this week if anyone has any of them they'd like to throw into the live chat i'll start looking at those um see if we can catch up here any numbers you would like to see i wanted to give a little bit of history because i just wanted people to feel a bit um 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 of what's going on with sorry about that uh there was there was another issue i had that came up here um I didn't look at like what specifically they needed to do for this, how many sacks they would need, what other uh, things were going to go. I was just trying to just give a little bit of perspective of how the Steelers have been known to bounce back after poor week one performances. Um, the uh, Darren asked a question of how many times have they been 0-4 and made the playoffs? Uh, the Steelers did go 0-4. Oh my, what year was that? If someone can help me, was that, 2015, 2014, where they went, I'm getting my years mixed up, where they went 0-4, fought back to be 8-8, eight and eight, and still almost made the playoffs. Um, so so, so there we go. Here we go. I got Mark, Mark Davison. I like this one. I'd like five sacks and one defensive touchdown. You know what? I would like one touchdown. <laughs> that would be nice, especially a defensive one. But five sacks, it's going to take some sacks now to get caught up. Remember, this, the, the, the Steelers led the NFL in sacks last year, and then they only got one the very first week. So um, here we go. We've, we've got a score prediction. We've got a score prediction from, I'm not even going to try to say that, that screen name. I'll butcher it. So Steelers win 31 to 12. That would be very nice. Um, then here we go. Um, how about more TDs than INTs for Ben after week two? That would be fantastic, Darren, because last week he had no TDs and one interception. Uh, Cree chimes in, says four sacks, one interception, 250 yards allowed, 350 yards passing, 120 yards running, um, zero, two, and I didn't get the rest of it there. Um, but that's all right. That's pretty specific there, Cree. 
Um, but the, hey, you're giving me numbers. That's what I like to see. Um, Ryan Kellerman says 15 tackles from Devin Bush. Does anyone have how many? I know he led the led the team in. Did he have 10 tackles? Is that what he had? Um, I didn't have it in front of me, but I I do know that he led the Steelers. Um, and that that uh, someone was answering some other questions about uh, the steel curtain how of going nine games without in 1976. Ron threw that out there. I don't know if this is correct or not, but it sounds pretty good that um, in 1976, defense had nine games with no TDs allowed. Okay. Um, here's a question from Dallas saying, will Ben and Washington be in sync this week? You know what needs for Ben and Washington to be in sync this week is how about Ben and Washington on the field together? If those of you follow behind the steel curtain or places like that uh, on Twitter during the game, I generally don't watch during follow during the game. I catch up during commercials, but there was a lot of people saying, why is Washington not on the field? Why is Johnny Holton out on the field and James Washington on the sidelines? That's a great question, especially early. Um, Ben's not going to establish a relationship with him if they're not on the field together. Instead, he wanted to throw to Dante Moncrief, who kept dropping the ball. Okay. Um, I'm trying to catch up here a little bit. Here's some here's some um some score predictions with some other things. Raymond says, gotta see at least 20 to 25 rushing attempts. I would say yes, but it really it comes down to the yards. We need more rushing yards. Okay. Um, Dallas says, um, 21, 20 <laughs> Steelers over Seattle. He, he picked the same score of, of Seattle from last week. Um, Ron asked, um, can we get our hundred rushing yards from Connor? I'm going to say yes. Cause with the show that I was on earlier today, that'll, that'll come out later in the week for, um, for the Seattle's SB nation, uh, podcast. That was one thing that they were concerned about with, was stopping the run against Cincinnati. And then Cincinnati just didn't run the ball. I'm afraid the Steelers will do the same thing because um, they did. Cincinnati did pass the ball effectively against Seattle when Andy Dalton had 400 plus yards. Okay. Um, this was something talked about earlier. Um, uh, the T gray wanted to know about Elliot to the practice squad or the 53 man roster. And that was Elliot went to the 53 man roster Devlin Hodges went to the practice squad and Sutton Smith team just must not be interested because he was not back. Um, Logan wanted to know, how do you sign back in to make week two picks for the DeCastro football? I was going to mention what went on with, with that. Um, you just got to go right back in. You go to y the Yahoo fantasy sports, go into survivor. It should bring the league back up that you're in. Assuming your pick was right the first week. The most commonly missed pick for this was people that did not make their choice in time. They did not go back and make a selection. I think we had 26 of those. 24 people missed the um, the Browns game, and over 20 people missed the Detroit game because it was a tie. It was not a win. Uh, a lot of people, the, the most commonly picked game was the Seattle game, which came down um, – where they had to take the lead in the fourth quarter uh, um, against the Bengals. That was, there was over 150 people that picked that one. That would have knocked out a bunch. Uh, the one that was the second most commonly picked game was the Eagles. And they were down 17 to nothing in the first half. So it just goes to show that with survivor, you never quite know what's going on. So if you're still in the league, if you made a correct pick, you just got to go right back. You just need to go back to the page 
Um, if you're back there again, just bookmark it or whatever you do. You can just you could go to Google and type Yahoo um, Survival Football, and it'll if you're signed in, it'll just bring up your stuff. All right, so that's the way to do that. So um, another prediction of 38:31. I know that I had a super chat here that I'm trying to find. Where did it go? Here we go from from Varus through a dollar ninety nine into the tip jar, and said, "Do you think the defense bounce bounce back from this week?" I'll tell you what, they better. They need to. You're not going to win many games giving up thirty three points. Now, it's not that the defense looked awful. There were times when it looked awful. They they looked like they did early in the season most years, where they were struggling to make sure that they were communicating well. And everyone knew what the play was. I know Sean Davis wasn't there. That was a big issue. But that's their jobs, to be ready for this. I know you want to improve. Coach Tomlin always says you've got to get better as the season goes on. But guess what? That's fine. But you are professional football players, and you need to have that first level of that baseline of where you start that you're improving from much higher than what the Steelers have been doing when they come out to start the season. Yes, they're going to get better, but you need to be better to start. You need to be better prepared. I'm not talking about more time in the preseason. Ben Roethlisberger, the the stat was they said it was one. Technically, it was two because they didn't count the two-point conversion attempt. Ben Roethlisberger threw two more passes in the preseason than Tom Brady did. But so you can't say that it's just that. I'm just saying the overall work and preparedness just needs to get better. Okay. Mark says uh, Dupree gets an interception and three and a half sacks. I'd be happy if Dupree just just um, um, just became a factor at all. So there's that. Let's see if we can keep going. Um, it was 2000. Sorry, Mark. You're right. It was. I don't know why I said 2015. I know they had a good year, 2015. It was 2013 when the Steelers started 0-4 with that fourth because it was um, it was. I'll just call him the former number 26. Um, it was his rookie year, and he did not play until week four when they lost to Minnesota across the pond. Um, so that's going on. Um, so here we go. Dallas says Moncrief has one catch this this week. Okay. So I wish it was that that much. Um, I'm going to come through and just make sure there was nothing else there as we talk. Uh, one other thing that I wanted to bring up that if they wanted to throw out there in the live chat was that um, there is an article that we'll be running tomorrow. We did it last week. Um, I'm going to do it as a weekly feature. It's called um, BTSC Bookie. And that is uh, having um, the behind the steel curtain, any users in there or anyone who re- who reads the articles there, I put a poll in of 10 games that I had picked um, of which line um, or which game would you like to bet against the spread and, and place a wager on. We have what we call BTCS bucks. It's just a fake amount of money to see how we do betting games. Uh, last week, yeah, well, we start with $500 and then each week it's go, it's 150 and 25, I do believe, is the way that I said I had to check back on the article of, of the top three vote getters. And of course, and this is something that this week's article will address, everyone picked the Steelers. That was the number one pick. So therefore, the $100 went bye-bye. But the other two picks, um, 
we we won on both of those. One was the Rams to cover at Carolina, and the other I'm pretty sure was was it Houston or was it Kansas? I'm pretty sure it was Kansas City, um, in, in the Kansas City game, which of course they covered as well. So, um, if anyone has a game or a specific line that they would like to throw out there, um to make sure it's one of the ones mentioned. I, I'm always going to put the Steelers in there un, unless our homerism goes too crazy and people who don't know what they're doing come in and pick the Steelers every week and we keep losing money because they're not covering the spread or things like that. Uh, the current spread for the Steelers right now is they are favored by three and a half points uh, the last I checked um, for this week. So that's that's a, uh, that's another important number. So with that said... Um, that article will be will be coming out tomorrow. Um, if there's any good good matchups, like honestly, <laughs> I'm really tempted to say, take Miami, um, giving eighteen and a half points to the New England Patriots at home because for some reason they have crazy things happen in Miami when the Patriots go down there. Like last year with that crazy lateral play with Gronk out on the field of defense, Miami wins the game with no time on the clock. Um, once again, thanks again for tuning in guys. It was a really good job in the live chat. I've tried not to just focus on it where I'm just sitting here and, and kind of get caught up reading more than just doing the podcast. Um, someone said that they, Mark says he think Miami has 28 and a half. Uh, when I checked the other night, it was 18 and a half, which is enormous line um, to say that it, because if the Dolphins could lose by 17 and still cover. Um, uh, Mark also brought up the last time that the Steelers played the Seahawks was in Seattle, and that was that. It was a really good 39-30 to 30 game in Seattle in 2015. That, that was a pretty good game. So uh, the Steelers have put up points against, against the Seahawks, but you all know that's a whole different place to play, and you also know how the Steelers play on the West Coast. So let's get those guys at home in a 1 o'clock game. And that sounds pretty good to me. But I want to thank you all for, for tuning in again. Um, hopefully the numbers weren't too discouraging. I'm trying to keep some optimism going forward here into week two. I know last week's performance was disheartening. And a loss is a loss. But some losses sting more than others. And that one stung pretty bad because of the way it went down. When the, when the schedule came out and when I went through and predicted um, what I thought the Steelers would do, I had that game as a loss. Um, I picked the Patriots in the survivor pool because if I got knocked out of the survivor pool, I would have been happy. Okay. So a loss is a loss. And the, the, all that loss means a week one is that the Steelers can't go 16 and 0. But when you lose like that, it doesn't feel that way. It feels like there's a lot more. It doesn't give you a lot of confidence that things are going well. So let's get the Steelers back at Heinz Field, see if they can get the ship righted. And then if not, then there's going to be more room to panic. I know Lance Williams wanted to talk about the urgency of go of not going 0-2. I want to see how the Steelers perform. I want to see if they are giving us a quality performance that's worthy of confidence moving forward. So thank you all for joining in tonight. Um, we'll be back. Oh, I, I've definitely got to say this. We've got tomorrow night, we got the standard as the standard. Um, where I'm pretty sure Brandon from uh, the, the Seattle SB Nation page um, is going to be joining Jeff and Lance to talk a little bit about the Seahawks. Thursday night, you have myself, Brian Anthony Davis, and Jeff Hartman back for the Steelers preview. Friday, we have Lance Williams coming with another Yeah, I Said It. Saturday, we will have the burning question. 
that's going to be where the host of that show is going to be kind of a, a, a rotating basis. Could even be two people here or there. But between myself and Lance and Jeff and Brian, someone will be will, will be covering that on Saturday. Sunday, we'll have the Steelers post-game show after the, after the game against the Seahawks. And then we're right back into our Monday hangover, Tuesday Stat Geek. I'm telling you, if you want Steelers news and Steelers information, you've got to make sure you get on YouTube and hit that BTSC Steelers radio, hit that subscribe and notification to get on live or, or catch them on the replay or anywhere on the, on our whole family of podcasts to go on there and give a good rating. We're giving you guys content. We're giving you at least 10 stories a day from behind the steel curtain.com or sorry, 10 articles a day. We're giving you seven podcasts a week, generally spread out to where there's one a day. You've got plenty of opportunity to get your Steelers fix on here with Behind the Steel Curtain. We want to thank you all for tuning in again tonight. As my man Lance Williams says, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. We will see you all next time. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.